loss to the Washington Wizards, 96-90. This is going to be a tough one to come back from, and it means a lot. So we're going to talk about it. You've come in with like a less interested intro each of the last four games. You're ready for the playoffs, John. <laughs> no, I mean, look, we knew what this one was, so we won't spend a ton of time on it. But, I mean, look, um, emptied the bench here. There's still plenty to talk about uh, in terms of uh, things that we saw uh, today, um, how, how they you know portend to things that might happen in the playoffs and potentially next season and beyond. So, um, Bobby, I'll give you first bite at the apple here, and then I'm going to run through a few things that I think are interesting we should talk about. Well, if there was anything to look at from this one, it was probably the play of Grant Williams. Uh, Robert Williams checked in for a little bit there in the second quarter, and Semi Ojale, like the three guys who actually played today who could factor into the playoff minutes because they get free reign, all that stuff. Romeo Langford, too. Um, who obviously got injured. Yeah, let, let's whip let's whip around a little bit. I think Romeo is interesting because, um, as we said here, uh, he did uh, he left the game. I, I saw it when it happened. He went down, uh, you know, under the basket a little bit, kind of got up a little bit like this. He stayed in the game, and then he went to the. It obviously kept lingering, and he went. They called it a sprain, which is good because there's a lot of bones you can break in there pretty easily. Yeah, what happened on that play? He just uh, he got he went down underneath the basket, and he just caught his hand right underneath him. Um, and so that was it. It was just a little jam, but you saw it just, he broke his fall with it and then he got up and he went down the other end on the offensive end. This was on the defensive end of the floor. This was in the second quarter, I believe. And he went down the offensive end. You could see him like this. And then it went to a timeout. And then when we came back, he was still out there. So it looked at first like he, like he dodged a bullet, but right. You could see he was really, he was really struggling a little bit there. Um, with it, um, and he wasn't super effective. So kind of twofold. This is out of control with his injuries this year. Uh, this guy, and I, I can't even list them all, but obviously he came in with stuff. Uh, what part of his body did he not hurt this year? It was stunning. One of the more he's a, he's a, he's a full scale game of operation. I don't know if you played that, but I mean he's. I, I was in on that one. Oh Didn't my get the God. stash Gordon one, but I got that one. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I was disappointed with him this year. I think you were too. I think Celtics fans across the board were given where he was picked. But there's a reason they got him where he did. This is probably a guy who could have been a top five, top ten pick if he went into college with health and had a productive year in college. He was obviously banged up in there and showed struggles with the shot. And they got what they paid for essentially at 14 with him. They had to fix the shot early. I guess that's the one positive you get out of this year is that by the end of the season, his shot looked decent. But availability is king, and he was barely available this year. I think he played 32 out of 72 games in the end. Yeah, and it's crazy. And you mentioned it as, again, is what is he, okay? And this is something I was thinking about watching the game, okay? You watch the game. Romeo gets a start. That's totally fine. And uh, it's, you know, you expect what you, you know, you you expect him to, you know, lead, lead the, you know, lead some, get some touches, you know, maybe lead the team in shots. I mean, right, he's, he's, he should be the alpha out there on this team in this unit playing around. I mean, he still played around 30 minutes, even despite leaving with, a, with an injury and might have been precautionary there. But you watch the game and you watch uh, 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 Javante uh, uh, do his thing. Uh, yeah. I mean, he had a great game. So Career again, game. Let, let, let's put it this way, okay? Let's pretend you were in a coma for four years. Didn't <laughs> didn't know Romeo Langford or Javante Green existed. Woke up today and it was the first basketball game you saw. Would you know that one of them was picked 14 and one of them was undrafted? And which one would you place that tag on? Because if 
I mean, against this competition, someone like Romeo should be able to dominate. That's you exactly should. that's exactly what I was thinking in the first period. He's on the ball. He's playmaking here. Try to get it to Green a few times early, and he hit him once and then turned it over the other time. I think he started one for two on those drives going to the rim. So he didn't look comfortable in that position. Almost reminded me of when Doc Rivers was trying to get Avery Bradley going on the ball back in the day. It just, it just didn't work. Right. Um, so, you know, you throw Javante and Romeo up there, the the thing about today, and I think this describes today's game perfectly, the one guy who went off is the guy who's definitely not in the playoff plans, which is like, oh, come on. Like, it couldn't have been Grant. Yeah, I, again, I, I, I'm, I'm I, you know, it's, you know, the Grant, the Grant, Grant's disappearance in the bubble was certainly something that was telling because uh, you saw in the games that mattered his rotation minutes, he fell out of them. He wasn't getting them. Um except maybe one time. And again, that felt almost experimental when he and Cantor were playing in there. So it is interesting because you wonder what you're going to count on from him in the playoffs. Another thing that I thought was interesting was, uh, you know, Rob Williams. Uh, Rob, I was just about to press send on a tweet that he wasn't – that. My God, look at who hasn't played so far. It's the star smart. And Everybody Williams. was chatting about that on Twitter today. And that I was I was just pressing send and he came and then you see comes in off the break and you see an ISO of Williams and he was in there. I was like, oh, okay. But then he only played those six minutes. Then it was bench time and it was Vinny Sex Pants and uh, Taco Time <laughs> in, in the second half. So it's obvious they, they put they put this guy in bubble wrap. I mean, I don't know if that's we're reading too much into it, but what does that tell you? Uh, it told me that he's in the rotation, which is something we Firmly found out at this point. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And that's, yeah. like, we're a little disappointed with today. We're trying to make a show happen, right? <laughs> but uh, Rob Williams is, like, the saving grace of this eight-game stretch. Like, yeah. they, they needed a guy to emerge as a bench scorer, as a bench big. And they got both of those in him, ha- made it happen in just six games. And then by game number eight, he's securely in that rotation which you know back in that Brooklyn game when he first broke out he gets sitting time in that second half when it really turned into a blowout and even then we were like oh is this guy in the rotation like is this is this garbage time right what's Robert Williams what's happening here right yeah so that was the development of the seeding game was his rise even here Comes in first three minutes, six points. Yeah. Like it's like this. He he gets on the board scoring against you know the likes of Toronto and the likes of a Washington and Brooklyn. Immediate impact. Yeah, the the two good things I think that happened on the seating was we saw the emergence of Rob Williams, and hopefully uh, you're never going to be compelled to talk about Tremont Waters again. <laughs> <laughs> again, every single game, and I put this in my recap today. He goes on and makes a play where you're just like, wow, like that could help. And, yeah, uh, great steal on one end. You know, I mean, he didn't the shoot dish the ball to green well. in transition. Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't shoot. The turnovers are a little high. And frankly, I was looking back at the seeding games. He was inactive in all seven. So they don't have enough seats on the bench for him probably, which is oh, too no. bad because yeah. if they went down like 20 in a game and, you know, now that we're going into Philadelphia, I wonder if you'll remember, they were down – probably 22 to 26 in that famous game that they came back in Jalen Brown's huge performance against Philly two years ago. Yeah. And um, who, who was in for that comeback stretch? It was Shane Larkin and Greg Monroe. Yeah. And I still look at waters and I know other people are too, as a guy who could fill that Larkin role, but it, it doesn't seem like there's a spot on the bench for him. Like, I guess you'd have to bench a Vinny, a taco, um, a green and maybe one more to try to squeeze them in there. But I think if they could find a way to get them active, I'd like it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, this season's probably a lost cause uh, for sure. But, you know, going forward, um, 
you know, you wonder whether there's a role there. Again, it depends how many picks you have next year. Did he uh, have a bigger year than Langford? <laughs> I mean, again, you're not cutting bait on Langford yeah. for obvious reasons. But again, you're going to welcome in two and three more rookies into the fold next year. So oh. A lot of what we're looking at here is who is there a role for? You know, is Javante Green a classic 4A player where his athleticism alone will allow him to dominate against the back end of NBA benches, yeah. but he could never really do it in a, in a way that he could be a meaningful rotation player, whereas you think Romeo could? Uh, yeah, that's possible. Um, but I don't know. I mean, uh, that's, you know, these are things you're looking for in games like these where you see the guys just go out and play. Um, so it, it, it's, it's interesting to see, again, who shined in this competition. Um, anything left on this game, we can punt it forward. I'm not super interested in talking about Taco. Uh, Brad Wanamaker, in the end, the net rating champion of the Unbelievable, NBA right? I saw that graphic. <laughs> I mean, that should be the end. He should put that. I know he got into a fight with one of the Celtics blog writers on uh, Twitter yesterday. I think he finally blew up at all the Twitter hate he was seeing. Our own uh, Adam Taylor, who was supposed to join us here today, had to go make a dinner, you know, do something else on England time. So, Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, you know, they got into a little squat. So Wanamaker's been seeing the noise, the bad vibes that Celtics fans have thrown at him. I think he just needs on his Twitter banner to put up that graphic, uh, net rating champion of the bubble. Again, he's it's a classic guy. He, I mean, he's a classic lunch pail guy. Not sexy at all. You're never like, oh, good, Brad's in the game. But he consistently gives you meaningful minutes. He's tough. You know, he go he he'll go to the basket if he has to. He knocks down open shots. I mean, he's consistently. And double figure scoring now. That was that was an underrated one. Rob was the story of the bubble. He was like one A with the ten points a game he was giving them. Consistent, consistent bench offense. I think he finished with ten points per game in this bubble. So like that's amazing. Very impressive. Um, You know, a couple small little season wrap ups. It is interesting that uh, the Celtics. uh, Hold one second there. Uh, one one win short of last year. That's why you wanted this one, right? (laughs) Yeah. So you wanted that one win short. It is what it is. but the other thing I thought was kind of cool was uh, that they had uh, uh, three 20-point scorers, which was the first time that's happened uh, to anybody since 1984, to an Eastern Conference team since 1984. And what uh, was Hayward, probably 17, 19? Around 16.7. Like right yeah. Hayward was trending towards possibly getting there before that kind of that, that setback in the, in yeah. the season. But um, the year, yeah. I think that that's a pretty impressive thing. Now we're looking ahead to Philly. Um, so that's what we've got. Um, first round, Brad's already talking about him right now. Kind of a subtle dig right now because he was asked a question about playing them without Simmons. And on the broadcast, they're saying it Celtics in four, yeah. Celtics in five. Whoa. <laughs> Pump it a little bit. Uh, Brad's, Brad's comment about facing them without Simmons Kyle was, well, he goes, well, I got to tell you, they're the number one offense in the league when Simmons doesn't play. Ow. You know, that's yeah. a shot. they you feel like the scals and kyles of the world are throwing the you know whammy at the celtics a little bit going into this one and me too i picked the celtics in five in this one just like them and 
I'm worried because we had there's not a ton of tape of them playing without Simmons out there. You know, that's a Stevens thing. He's going to try to find the tape, the numbers of what they're going to look like without him. And they, yeah. you know, to Brett Brown's credit, have held that back. Once Simmons went down, they pulled everybody out of the last three games that they had. Yeah. So all of a sudden you're just looking at, like, you know, Raul Nato running the floor for them. And they, we didn't get to see them at all, what their actual game plan is going to look like, what their rotations are going to look like. So the Celtics are flying blind into this one a little bit. And on the other end, Philly got a good long look at what the Celtics are going to look like rotation-wise going into this one. My thing is, though, like I look down their bench and I see some of the guys who are playing going into the series. Like Korkmaz scares me a little bit because he can hit the three. Um, you know, he's a guy who has exploded at times for them. But everywhere else on their bench, I just don't see the depth. I don't see the talent. I think there's going to be a definitive gap between. Let's say, you know, Tatum, Brown are going to get legitimate matchups on the wing. But can Al Horford guard Gordon Hayward? I, I just don't know. There's going to be – Philly's going to get – Philly's going to need A-plus games from all of their best players almost every game. Yeah. That's, that's where, where the Celtics can have, you know, you know, some guy not have a great shooting night and still make up for it. Embiid has a bad game. I can't see what they can oh, possibly yeah. do. You know, mm -hmm. so again, this is a strange thing where you may put a ton of your focus there. And again, kind of goes back to what we're talking about. It's very clear from the trend of things here that Rob Williams has played himself into the rotation, possibly ahead of Cantor. But you and other people justifiably are terrified about the notion of uh, Williams being the sole big on the court during any Embiid minutes. Yeah. I, I, you know, and that's going to be a hard one to pull off. And that's going to be the transition for Rob from the seeding games where there's been a weird amount of tanking by quite a few teams. To say, I, we, we just saw the Wizards go 1-7 and seven there. I don't think they went in with an intention to win at all going into this uh, bubble period, even though they lost their seeding jump. I found out today that they don't go up in the lottery from all the losses they took. So what the heck? But um, there was a lot of weird stuff happening in the bubble is what I'm trying to say. And all of a sudden now it's going to be playoff intensity playoff rotations and defense so uh, does all of a sudden those rob lanes to the rim get cut off in the first minute he's out there like that's what we've seen every time is him bursting in the basket in the first three minutes he's out there and giving them eight points um if those get cut off and then he misses a few of those if he gets tagged with two fouls we haven't seen him biting a lot joe sway and i have talked about that a ton on here first game against the nets he jumps into the crowd on the three-point attempt and we haven't seen that since so i'm interested in the pace of the playoffs. Rob's never played playoff minutes, has he? Not really. I don't know. And nothing, <laughs> nothing meaningful. If that's if that's if that's true, but yeah, no, that's going to be interesting. It's it's you know, uh, get in there, big fella. So yeah, I mean, you, I think you're going to pick your spots there. But it is, I mean, can you see a scenario in which he comes in at the six minute mark of the first quarter of any of these games? I don't know. It's that'll be a major trusting for Brad, you know, and, and you know. If you if you do bring him out there and he's on a super short leash, does that destroy his confidence at that point? You know, so yeah, they're, they're going to have an interesting choice whether they go with Cantor six minutes in or Rob six minutes in. And honestly, I would go with Rob because the the rotation they built, I think, is a good one. It's Cantor extended out for a period against Embiid, and then those short short bursts of Rob, where you can get a bit of scoring there, where you can get a few plays on the defensive end. Like Rob, it doesn't feel like there'll be any opportunity where he's going like six straight minutes in a playoff game. It's just going to be like those three, four minute bursts maybe. Yeah. Um, and that's probably, you know, where it's best. Um, so again, you'll, you'll see how that first game kind of unfolds with the Simmons list six Sixers team. Um, and it is interesting. We don't have the schedule yet, 
Um, we're hoping to get it by tonight. Who knows? I mean, uh, it's going to be Monday or Tuesday. But yeah, um, it looks like Monday or Tuesday. The, the league said as early, games could start as early as Sunday. Yeah, and, I was just going to say they should. Yeah, because they want that national slot, and you know that Philly, Philly, Boston's got to be one of the more intriguing first round matchups. Um, you know. So, it, you know, I'm interested to see where that, that goes. That could be that Sunday afternoon game one. It, it's possible. It's possible. So we'll see. And, you know, we could be back here then. Uh, if not, you know, we'll we'll keep you guys informed. And obviously we'll be here after every game with a cast of thousands. It'll be the playoffs. So everyone's going to want to bite at the mm-hmm. apple. Yeah, Bobby, we enjoyed our time today. Go on. Bob, I know. Bobby's been, uh, Bobby's been a consistent contributor throughout, though. So he's. I think you're, you're the only one with perfect attendance. Yeah, I, I mean, these are the games I love watching that nobody else does. This is what sets me apart, right? Yep. Loving the Rob and uh, Waters minutes. So that's there's, me. <laughs> things that, there, there's, there's stuff to be gleaned from this. So yes. um, we'll keep it short because, again, this game isn't huge. We'll have a ton of garden reports coming out later. We'll talk about a few things, including Brad Stevens' extension. Uh, we'll talk about the Sixers. We'll look at the entire NBA playoff picture. Uh, we might even hand out some postseason awards. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'll see. We'll see how that goes. So no uh, Celtics on the bubble, all, all bubble team, which is too bad because a couple guys made decent runs at it. I feel like they did. I think if Tatum doesn't get a two for eighteen to start, you know, um, you know, and then Jalen, the way he started, uh, you know, certainly would have been in play. But you had some people just with ridiculous performances. Oh um, yeah, out west that battle, Ooh, like Luka every day. Game. Oh my god! You I know. think about it almost every day. Like yeah. even just us as a company. Um, we're so lucky the Celtics are in the East. Yeah. Like it is, it is the good life out here. Like it really is like World War II out there uh, on the West side. <laughs> it is. But again, you know, if you look at it, you know, with Philly at full strength, I'll put Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston, you know, and even Indiana at full strength up against most of the West Con- Western conference teams. And you wouldn't feel that any of them are outmatched. It's just the, bo- it's the, it's the six, seven, eight, 10 you know when you get below the fifth or sixth teams and again the heat have been pretty solid too but when you get below six in the eastern conference the west has some talented teams that are kind of fighting in there for that eight nine ten eleven so is is this the time to change the playoffs because it didn't the playing format didn't work this year i mean washington what are they even doing here i don't know (laughs) i think i'm ready to see some wild card for a couple years i held out and was like all right, like Brooklyn, Orlando, is they going to make the playoffs here? There, but every single year of getting teams like that in the postseason, well, I, like I, it, think, like I think I'm done with that. In the NHL, when they split the divisions, okay, I like that idea of um, it was three and three instead of four and four, and then the other two were wild cards of best overall record in the conference. I yeah. think you could try to find a way where that works a little bit better. But again, there's no the way to do it. travel makes it tough. There's no way to do it without going cross-conference the way the NBA is set up. So it's a bit tougher. And then where do you place that team? Do you take the do you take the lowest seed in the West and put them against the team with the best overall record if they happen to be in the East? So could mm-hmm. you have Portland-Milwaukee first-round series? Would be a really tough one. So Yeah, you might have to split up like the Hamana home games there a little more uh, unevenly. But you or, know, they got to think about it. Start with a 2-3-2, you know, but it's still – it would be goofy. Yeah, it just stinks. I mean, this year, especially when they were open to experimentation, Zion, we talked about it like for the last eight games. He's going home and – you know, I don't even know who's left on the Nets, and they're a seven seed. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, it is. Uh, it is. You hate seeing teams like that in the East. Oh, the, the Bucks are gonna slam the Magic's head through the rim and then sit for a week. It's gonna be ridiculous. It's a, you hate seeing that. A, a team like, <laughs> it's it is a it's a waste of it's a waste yeah. of a playoff spot. It is it is 
it is uh yeah you're right what what was washington doing here at all <laughs> thomas bryant wanted to be here today that was he was the only one. <laughs> oh my god but it's true though i mean i mean you're talking about you had two only two teams out west that weren't worth, worth a shit you know like were worth nothing that's it yeah, they the all whole, look great, and uh, the Suns, Minnesota they, and Golden State are the only two who you were absolute bottom feeder status, and everybody else could could play against anybody else on any given. Night. I was I was so wrong about this too because um, I didn't think the eight seed race would be all that important, but all of a sudden the Suns, who have some legit stars, like people who like if you ask someone on the street who Devin Booker is, I think they know who he is at this point. Yeah, um, he's probably going to miss the playoffs after this eight and zero run. Like they, they just mathematically are, and that hurts the league. It really does. It does, but I mean, again, it's you know you're, you're looking at you're looking at you know uh, kind of the beyond with a with a player like that, you know, and with Booker yeah. and Aiden and uh, Oubre, you know, and our and yeah. our and our main man Aaron Baines. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a talented uh, it's a talented team. I mean, your Booker Booker elevated himself to a different level. Booker went from a guy everyone was saying. He can shoot, but not much else. Into like a wow, this guy is a really dynamic all around, you know, player. So, uh, hey, he we'll, was, have a, we'll have another off season and brainstorm that. So, yeah, uh, time. Let's go. All right, we'll wrap it up. Uh, like I said, more stuff coming up later. Thanks to Bobby for his perfect attendance through the eight no <laughs> run. Celtics wrap it up five and three in the bubble, forty eight and twenty four on the season. Number three seed in the East, taken on Philly, possibly as early as Sunday, most likely Monday or Tuesday. So we will see you guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.